Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us for episode 89 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. We are so excited to bring you today's topic, which is, I don't know if I can say this here because we're at KetoCon, guys, but why we hate non-caloric sweeteners. Dun, dun, dun. dun. (laughs) Don't say it too loud because there's a lot of products and no disrespect to those out there. Um, However, this is something that comes up, I think, on a daily basis in clinic. And, um, you know, as we start to expand our reach into the keto world, it's something we contend with. A lot. So we're going to talk about And why I think we what <laughs> sets us apart with our perspective of being a virtual food as medicine mm-hmm. keto program and focusing on everything we put in our bodies, having intention and purpose to support and heal, we feel very strongly that non-caloric sweeteners can be a transition tool. And we'll talk about how you can yep. use those. <laughs> and I definitely think that they're superior to processed refined sugars and the state of getting yourself fat adapted, but they can be a handicap that can definitely hinder your outcomes, drive excessive insulin, as well as really inhibit your ability to break up with sugar. Oh. So let's let's do the thing. And today's For episode sure. is coming to you a little unique because we're recording here at KetoCon in a sound engineer booth. So um, if things sound a little different, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry we can't reproduce this at we home. We left but. our husbands at the booth and hopefully they're sharing all the information on supplements and functional labs. They're doing a great job. Or just selling t-shirts. Or getting at least. people sign up for our raffle for detox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump in, any updates, Sally? What's going on with the anti-anxiety book? Do we have a date? I think that the book <laughs> releases... On July 17th, as of now, I just saw it dropped into the final layout. Which I have to say is my birthday, guys. So that's a good (laughs) omen. Beautiful things are birthed on July 17th. Exactly. Including my book. So, yes, I I think we're going to have, hopefully by next episode, an update about our book release party. We are in conversation of having it at Picnic, which is one of my favorite paleo restaurants. Probably my favorite. I don't even think I have to say one of. Right. My favorite paleo restaurant. My favorite restaurant doesn't need a disclaimer. Um, but and really has brought bone broth I think to the forefront in Texas and they've brought butter coffee nationally I think right up there with Brain Octane and Picnic being butter coffee so we're super excited we're going to be setting up a really unique event and book signing there and details are to come other than that we're just you know doing the thing rocking out the weekend here Yep. yep awesome all right so this is a question we get asked all the time in our virtual keto uh, program, and folks are always asking us what our favorite non-caloric sweetener or is. Keto-friendly or sweetener keto-friendly sweetener Yeah, And we, I never have a good answer. It's like, well, <laughs> I guess there's, there's better than, uh, but let's go into our top reasons why we are just generally across the board anti, anti, anti-non-caloric sweetener. Of why we don't like them? 
Sure. So one of the big ones, like I said, you know, in the forefront is my tag of Naturally Nourished is redefine your relationship with food. And what that means is as you transition your diet, as you transition your fuel source from running primarily on glucose, you know, the body is a hybrid machine and many people's bodies only run on glucose. But as we transition it into ketones and then as we get that high octane brain fuel and body fuel and get the good hormone changes, we also want to adjust the way we look at food to make sustainable change. So if you are going for from sugar addiction to still eating processed sugar-like laden snacks, I think that it's gonna create a really difficult time for you to organically crave Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and the, the elements that change is those bitter alkaloid mm -hmm. compounds in plants drive detox processes, have benefits in our body, bar none, with their polyphenols and cancer-fighting compounds and antioxidants, and not to mention some of the beneficial fibers and such. And so when we redefine our relationship with food, I see success with a client in keto that says, I never knew how sweet a Marcona almond could be. Or, you know, yes. I never realized yeah. that, oh my gosh, that chicken thigh recipe was really sweet. Um, and I think if you're constantly putting in your system non-caloric sweeteners, be it stevia, erythritol, monk fruit, you name it, you're not going to have that aha moment and you're not going to have that breakup with that abusive boyfriend. You're going to just change his name from John to Tim and you're <laughs> going to still stay an addict in a different product. And so it's really yeah. important, I think, that for us to read define our palate uh, to organically crave nourishing wholesome foods. Yes, that's awesome. And so let's real quick just make a distinction today. We're going to talk predominantly about the natural yeah. non-caloric sweeteners um, since that's typically what we come across. And I think our audience anyway. is already yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't think there's many of, of you listeners that are drinking diet sodas. You're probably doing more of the stevia sodas sure. or not at all. Um, but, but do we want to first talk about the artificial artificial yeah, let's and talk then artificial artificial and then, um, <laughs> and then process non-caloric. Non okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So of the ones that we would say absolutely don't touch with the five put five foot pole, these would be the really processed chemical laden sweeteners like aspartame, which is in the form of equal or NutraSweet. We're talking about sucralose, which is Splenda, or we're talking about Acelfame, potassium, or ACE-K, you'll see it in products, mm -hmm. and this is in equal or um, sweet and safe. And then saccharin, which is the sweet and low and uh, xylitol or sorbitol. And xylitol could probably be in the middle because it's kind of sure. whirling into the sugar alcohols which open into the natural non-caloric sweeteners. So all of the first ones that I mentioned, there's been a lot of studies that show negative or harmful effects on the gut microbiome. Yeah. And I think we have to speak specifically to that because the studies that we have to reference today, we don't have any that are on the natural non-caloric. Isn't that right? Correct. Right. Yep. So when we were digging in, and that's because there are a lot of new products on the market, but there are a lot of negative harmful influences on our gut population. We see sterilizing effects of things like aspartame and Splenda in particular. And then we also see concerns about aspartame toxicity, neurological health, mm -hmm. uh, damage to the myelin sheath, which is the protective coating on our nervous system. And then studies have shown that saccharin causes tumor activity in rats. So, so many of us that are eating keto or dropping our sugar intake are doing this to heal our body, not to throw another <laughs> insult right. to injury in the playing field. So we definitely pull out all of the chemical ones as a priority. Yes. 
So pink packets, blue packets, yellow packets, those are gone off the table. Yes, absolutely. And then let's talk about the more natural non-caloric sweeteners that are out there and just kind of give a brief overview of the ones we see the most. Yeah. So we're talking stevia, I think is the, the, the biggest first one to hit the market. The new, the new um, fun one is monk fruit. And in the middle somewhere there is the erythritol. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and swerve is a combination of erythritol and citrus uh, flavor and then oligosaccharides or, or uh, prebiotic fibers. And often if something is so concentrated, like these non-caloric natural sweeteners, they're going to be 100 to three, three times, or 100 to 300, excuse me, times sweeter than table sugar. And so they have to often f- fill in something to give it bulk. So the bulking agent is often going to be citric acid, which could be derived from genetically modified corn. Or the bulking agent is going to be something like typically not potato starch, but a starch like the oligosaccharides or these prebiotic fibers. Inulin is another one that you'll see in a lot of products to be used as a bulking agent if they're using a concentrated. Sure. So I think that's the first issue that you're getting at with these non-caloric sweeteners is even if they're natural or derived from something that at one point was naturally occurring, right? Like the stevia plant or the monk fruit, they are so, so, so highly processed. So let's unpack that a little bit and talk about that. Yes. And so to get a green leaf, so that's something we kind of discuss is let's start with what is a whole food. So a whole food, and when we're talking about using food as medicine, it means that you want to use a whole food and you want to consider it in, can you imagine it growing? Are all of its edible parts still intact? What's been done to it since harvest? So has it been hydroxylated? Has there been hexanes used as solvents to extract compounds? And a lot of those can be volatile chemicals used in an extraction Mm -hmm. process. Has it been dyed and bleached? Has it been irradiated? And so, you know, all of the processing steps take it further and further and further away from a whole food. And so often that's my answer to a patient. If they want to use stevia, there's always a good, better, best. And I tend to say the liquid drop is going to be cleaner than a white powdered product. And growing stevia in your root, in your garden or in your household and using those actual leaves could be a process in your redefining of your palate of sweet and still getting a whole food. So that is where we kind of find our, our leg across the water, our olive sure. branch, if you will, sure. to the non-caloric sweeteners. Is That's the only one I know of that you can use in its whole food form. Sure. Erythritol and those sugar alcohols need to be derived from corn. And um, you can't just have corn as a whole food because that has a whole other world sure. of inflammatory concerns. Yeah. yeah, and then GMO and all down the line. Yeah. Um, and then monk fruit would be the other one that it's like, okay, it at least came from a plant, but what have they done to it? And I don't know what Asian markets form. you could actually right. purchase full on monk fruit, sure. whereas sure. stevia leaf you can at least grow. Exactly. So exactly. I think that's easier to obtain and that's why I tend to be on team of that as a whole food option. Sure. Um, so let's transition and talk a little bit more about um, potential of these non-caloric sweeteners or at least the ones, you know, the the uh, artificial ones influence on the microbiome. Because I think, again, this is an area of research that there's not a ton out there now, but every day something is hitting the market where it's a new, you know, non-caloric sweetener. And I think we are going to, you know, kind of catch up with ourselves at some point and figure out that these might be doing the same exact thing. Yeah. So there's a couple influencers 
that could be contributing to the correlation of weight gain with use of diet products. And that would include, you know, whether they are artificial or natural. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, it's always difficult when we're looking at diet recall and we're trying to look at research because there's the human element to, you know, they're giving feedback of what they've eaten and, um, you know, we're not sure of all of the variables at bay. But one of the considerations of why non-caloric sweeteners drive weight gain is likely attributed to the microbiome because probiotics, predominantly lactobacillus and bifido strains, do play a role in your end products of metabolism. So something called butyrate, which is manufactured in the colon, it's a type of a short chain fatty acid. Butyrate protects against colon cancer, but it's also an energy surger. So when people have low levels of butyrate, they tend to also have chronic fatigue syndrome. And butyrate is manufactured by the lacto and bifido, the two primary good bugs. So when you get a product like a non-caloric sweetener, which could be sterilizing, or even these natural ones, which we haven't seen to be fair in studies, their sterilizing effect, but we do know sugar alcohols pass through the body, most of them being absorbed by the small intestines, mm -hmm. and then coming out as a urinary metabolite, non-molecularly altered, um, that can definitely cause, and then we know that there can be symptoms such as Sure. bloating, loose stools, there's definitely something going on with the GI tract. And so I think that regardless, when we create havoc or dysfunction in the GI tract, that can shake up the bugs and that can create imbalance, driving dysbiosis and bad bacteria overgrowth, or even just simply sterilizing and reducing the healthy bugs by shaking them up with too much sugar alcohols, which causes disruption sure, in the GI sure. tract. And yeah, one of the most common symptoms um, that I hear with the sugar alcohols is like er bowel urgency and diarrhea. Right, right? there's an osmotic yeah, yeah. influence yeah. to that. And there's definitely, I would hypothesize, a biome contributor there. So, you know, beyond the microbiome and its role on our immune system and our brain and its ability to create favorable neurotransmitters like our serotonin and our GABA that combat anxiety and depression, the weight gain could also be contributed to the fact that, again, that 100 to 300 times sweetness influences our day-to-day -day choices. Sure. So when you're used to tasting sweet, you perpetually have that, what I call, vicious cookie cycle. You want more. Mm -hmm. um, you want more sweet. And so it doesn't allow you to break up a sugar, and it also doesn't allow you to crave savory. Sure. And then you Because bitter tastes yep. more bitter when yep. you're combating that with sweet taste. Yeah. And if anything, you end up adding more stevia, you know, the second month that you're on it, it's like, oh, we need two droppers full now, and then it's going to be three to our coffee and, right. and so on and so forth. Um, so let's transition and talk about um, the connection of insulin release or potential for insulin release with yes. these non-caloric sweeteners and that whole Pavlov's dog response that you so eloquently described. <laughs> okay, we'll see how eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's this, it's called psychosomatic, right? So it's the brain-body connection. And so for those of us that didn't learn in our psychology 101 in high school or middle school or whatever, Pavlov's dog experiment was the researcher rang a bell and dinner was served to the dog. They rang a bell and dinner was served to the dog. And so the dog started to associate the auditory sound of a bell ringing associated with being fed. And so they actually looked at salivary secretions or secretions of the saliva associated with the sound of a bell. 
this is how I associate these non-caloric sweeteners. Again, regardless of their makeup, regardless of if it's a chemical or a natural-derived compound, when we taste sweet, the brain starts to send signals that influence different outcomes in our leptin, and leptin is a hormone that regulates our satiety. We also see difference in salivary enzyme production, and we potentially, some studies do show, release insulin. Um, so even when we're talking to a food marketer or we're learning about a new food product on the market and they say, well, this has a zero insulin effect, they may test that on a feeding study, but again, there is a psychosomatic connection of tasting sweet and the body releasing insulin. And the body releases insulin, to be fair, with everything, even with sure. eating fats and even with eating pure proteins. In fact, we know that's one of the influences of eating too much protein is a hyperinsulin reaction, right? So, and that's the benefit of fasting is giving yourself a, a break from ringing that, that doorbell of food intake. But beyond eating a product which is gonna stimulate insulin, that taste of sweet potentially releases excess insulin. And the concern is that you call in the troops all the insulin is released, and if there isn't ample amounts of glucose in the bloodstream to be docked to those receptor sites, you're actually going to be perpetuating more insulin resistance. It's like you're stripping that lock and key mechanism or ding-dong ditching yeah. your body. So you get the doorbell, and you open the door, and no one's there to answer. So then when you need that insulin response, even if you're still eating keto, but you need a little bit more insulin activity because of the volume that you consumed at a meal or the stress response that you're under, you're going to have less receptor response to the insulin that's in the bloodstream because that lock and key mechanism wasn't there to dock. Sure. Or like boy who cried wolf is another yes. way we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a simplified yeah. Yeah. way of saying that for um, sure. And then we have back in episode 76, we talked all about insulin resistance. So I'll make sure that I link to that episode. We also have a great blog on insulin resistance that yes. I'll make sure makes it to the show notes. So you can kind of dig deeper into that area. And one of the big yes. connections here that we're talking about a lot in conference goers is just to touch real quick is the role of endocrine disruptors and toxins on insulin resistance. Sure. I think often we think of that as a totally separate world, but especially when we're using body fat as fuel and we're losing fat more rapidly using a ketogenic diet, we are shrinking the size of our fat cells, but the contents in our fat, because toxins love to be stored in fat. Our liver and our kidneys filter our blood and they filter water-soluble toxins very successfully. But the chemicals that are coming from our petrochemicals, our fat-soluble processing food products like trans fats and oxidized mm -hmm. fats, and then endocrine disrupting compounds from perfumes, plastics, and pesticides, those all get stored in our body fat. And as we lose body fat, we get higher amounts of toxins in our bloodstream, and we start to have issues with our endocrine or hormone glands, which is our thyroid our sexual hormones, and within that, we tend to see also more insulin resistance because the pancreas is an, an endocrine gland as well. Sure, and so that would be key up detox, right? We yeah. have our 10-day detox program that I'll make sure that I link to, and we also did an episode a couple back on the importance of detox in keto. I don't know what number it was. It was... 79-ish to You can 80. search. Yep. The beautiful thing is yes. if you're looking for an episode and you can't find it on iTunes or Stitcher, you can go to our website, AllieMillerRD.com backslash podcast, and you can search 
any topic and you will find either a blog or a podcast on that. And if you haven't, then you should fill out the Ask Allie and ask us to cover it. And we're yeah. happy to. Um, before we move on, just because we talked detox, Becky. Yes. Let's talk a little bit, another hot topic about our detox and uh, people that have questions about why we do include, why the detox is low glycemic and why it does incorporate some foods that might not be within the guidelines of a yes or no keto food. Keto, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you start answering and then I'll So yeah, answer. we, you know, if you're flipping through our detox ebook or scrolling through some of the recipes, you'll notice that there are, you know, recipes with fruit or maybe a little bit of honey in there. I don't think we have any, there's no grains. Um, no, it's grain-free. Yeah, yeah, grain-free, uh, but maybe a little bit of fruit and you are getting, you know, certainly benefits from that. And if we've been doing keto a long time, that might just be kind of the change up that our body needs to go, you know, back to a low glycemic approach for a period of 10 days to two weeks, let's say. And you are getting, you know, high doses of antioxidants from things like berries in our detox. Um, you could keep it just at that or skip those recipes altogether, but you need those antioxidants for phase one of detox, right. which is kind of stirring up the toxins from our fat cells and releasing. And then for phase two, you need more of like the cruciferous veggies and sulfur containing amino acids and protein containing foods to excrete and remove from the body. Right. So it's that activation in phase one yep. and excretion in phase two. And I think that that goes back to this idea of, again, I, I, I think I've said this now, it's like my new jag of my mantras, but that whole doctrine creates disconnect. Because if we're so married to, you know, let's say a carrot, for instance, can't eat carrots on keto. Yeah. Carrots, if you have more than a cup of them, will definitely kick you out of keto. But if you have carrots in your bone broth and you're pureeing a tablespoon of carrot into a carrot ginger coconut milk soup with full fat coconut milk and coconut oil or ghee, uh, and you're using maybe a little bit of collagen peptides as your protein in there, the macros could very easily be 35 grams of fat seven grams of carbs and, um, you know, depending on how much collagen you add, 20 grams of protein, sure. right? And there's a lot of products, call it a keto cookie, call it a keto ice cream, call it whatever, that have 13 to 19 grams of carbs. So just because I think we need to get our mindset off of that yeah. concept of no carrots, no beets, no sweet potato, and, and see what does this mean? What's the amount? What does that equate to in my body? How does that influence my biochemistry? What are the plant-based compounds that are derived and are gonna, we're going to get and nourish our body with? And then what does that mean at the end of the day? Sure. Because just slapping a non-caloric sweetener on a product doesn't make it keto. And nope. I think that's one of my biggest nope. frustrations. When I look at macros, it all comes down to, you know, everyone has their own synergy. And we really want to look at the results and the metabolism of our unique body and nourishing our body with whole real foods. Right. And so we could do half a cup of raspberries easily with some Absolutely. coconut cream. And still, you know, test in ketosis like two hours later. And that's not a carb yeah. cycle. No, yeah. not even. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just wanted to hit that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we did. Um, and so let's go back to this piece about um, how the non-caloric sweeteners are literally hundreds and hundreds of times sweeter than things like sugar and corn syrup. And they can actually drive cravings. Right. So, you know, again, when you're getting something that's non-natural, then you're breaking the patterns of 
perception and the experience on the palate. Sure. And so that makes then, like I said, bitter alkaloids, which is where when you're talking about phase two detox, these are like your I3Cs or Eindol-3-carbonyls in your Brussels sprouts, mm -hmm. in your broccoli, in your cauliflower. You actually will start to pick up more negatively on the sulfur flavors when you have an unnatural perception of sweet. And then things that uh, you know shouldn't need sweetener added, like roasted nuts, you're gonna start to want to add these powdered or liquid sweeteners to those products. So again, it kind of comes back to how you can simplify and strategize least processed whole foods. Sure. And I think that the always important piece is, can you keep vegetables in your diet? Can you keep bitters in your diet? Those things stimulate your liver. Those things are going to create whole body support. Awesome. Um, so could something like stevia or monk fruit ever work? And I know we talked about, you know, the best form, but let's say we have a client who's really struggling to break up with sugar. How do you see using that as, I guess, a bridge and maybe titrating it down? Or would it be okay as an occasional indulgence for like a birthday cake or something, a special occasion? Yeah. Um, and we should talk about Stella's cake. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you know, and, and always with my podcast, I'm never out here to shame anyone. And I think that we're all on a different line of where we're starting, our starting point is. And I think that as a replacement food, you know, if you're going from drinking soda, I'd prefer you to have the Zevia or Zediva sure. um, Stevia soda versus a Diet Coke yep. or, you know, a, a non-caloric sweetener that's processed. And then I'd prefer you to switch to sparkling water. Yeah. Yep. And then I'd prefer, you know, you to play with adding actual solutes from sliced up lemon or lime or a rosemary sprig and get beneficial again compounds versus neutral or negative. Sure. Um, so it's a line and it's something that I, I don't think we have to all feel shamed about, but if it's something we're doing daily, I would say start to reduce it into an indulgence only and then from there go forward. And so for instance, like a chocolate bar, you know, there's like the Lily's chocolate bars, which use stevia. stevia yep. Eating Evolved is here today and we were just talking to them about their keto cups, yeah. which have monk fruit in them, but they also have a, what is it called? Hundred or what do they call their dark it's the Midnight, Midnight Coconut. Midnight. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. another brand from Austin that makes chocolate, and they call it the Hundo. Um, and these are 100% cacao chocolate bars. So they don't have any sweetener. They are super bitter, but that's a way for you to recalibrate your palate mm -hmm. and teach it what bitter tastes yep. like. Um, and so it's a, it's a process. You know, you could start working down the grade. And um, you're getting, I'm always about prescribing cacao. So, you know, with chocolate, yeah. you're getting magnesium. You're going to get chromium. That helps with your insulin receptors. You're going to get a lot of um, also minerals that boost your metabolism. Sure. High-dose antioxidants. You get serotonin-mimicking yep. compounds that help with endorphins yep. and antidepression. Um, all good stuff, again, and that's a whole food. Sure. It's, and it's, then, it's a pod. Yep. I've given pieces of that chocolate, though, to people who are not in keto, and they're like, what is this? What did it's you just terrible. give me? Yeah. Um, but for us, I think both of us will dip it in, like, peanut butter or almond, almond butter. butter. Or we just tried it in Eating Evolves roasted coconut butter, which is, like, the bomb. game changer. And those things are, you're getting the natural sweetness of the almond butter or the peanut butter and or the coconut. And you're still getting the MCTs. Yep. Yep. You're getting the monolauric acid. So, again, a whole food in its non-processed form is going to, generally speaking, be the best option for your body. You just need to teach your body to recalibrate. Sure. So it's a step-by-step -step sure. process. And I'm just 
remembering we have a keto peanut butter cup or is it almond? It's an almond butter cup uh-huh. recipe on the blog. That There's no sweetener in that at all. You take the almond butter, roll it with a little bit of vanilla extract, which is naturally sweet, and then a little bit of coconut flour just to get to stiffen up. Dip that in dark chocolate, and it's, like, incredible and amazing. And no sweeteners at all. So we'll make sure we link to that. And then two vendors I love here. So I love F-Bomb. We're going to be doing yeah. a giveaway with uh, F-Bomb Company and all of their nut butters are non-sweetened except for they have one with cacao powder which they actually use a little bit of cane sugar and again kind of good better best at least the insulin signaling is calibrated to the amount of glucose reactivity that I still actually find that as an advantage over the non-caloric and there's also a cool vendor here um, that is doing a triple cream uh, Greek yogurt, uh-huh. which looks amazing. Peak, I think, P-E-A-K. Okay, and yogurt. it has 17% yep. fat, which is, like, phenomenal, and they're doing it savory with olive oil and black pepper. And even their strawberry and their flavored yogurts have less carbs than some of the keto ice cream I've seen. And sure. so, again, it, yep. and have no non-caloric sweeteners. They actually also had a little bit of evaporated cane. Sure. So, um, and we'll talk in a moment about our favorite sweeteners, but let me real quick talk about Stella's cake. Yeah, I want to hear all about so, this. So it looked amazing. <laughs> Stella, we talked last episode about nourishing your toddler. And um, so I, in our household, we don't use any non-caloric sweeteners and I am devoted to keto and keeping myself within my carb limit. I can go upwards of 40, about 40 something grams especially if I'm walking my hills in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was actually, I met Christina um, from Castaway Kitchen at Paleo FX a couple weeks ago. And um, she has a book coming out called Made Whole. And it is a keto cookbook that also correlates her autoimmune journey and AIP. So it has autoimmune protocol with all that. We're going to bring her on for an episode. But um, we talked at PaleoFX in person a lot about this topic. And um, she was saying, you know, my book's coming out. Almost all of my baked good recipes use erythritol. And she's like, I'm frustrated because I'm personally transitioning. I was already too far in my book. And so we were, I was talking to her about these double chocolate muffins and if I could make them into a cake for Stella's birthday. And so we did, and I, I just modified. I'll be putting it on the blog probably by the time this airs. And so the composition of the recipe was full-fat coconut milk, which to me tastes very sweet on its own. Full-fat coconut milk. I used ghee, um, which was an adaptation from her recipe, and coconut oil. Um, so it's a real, and then a, a full cup of cacao powder. So non-processed, 100% cacao powder. Um, I reduced the amount of coconut flour because I don't like how cakey and dry coconut flour mm-hmm. can get. And I added a little bit of almond flour to be a little denser and moist. Um, so it's pretty much like a flourless chocolate cake and then vanilla extract. And I did a tablespoon and a half of grade B maple syrup or the dark amber robust maple syrup. And this is actually maple syrup that was sent to me from Vermont from a client over the holidays. And so if we're talking about something like erythritol, which is a white powder, which is homogenous, there's no textural changes, it's clearly been centrifuge, spun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) chemically altered, cleaned, and derived from corn. Um, which is generally, although I know some products are non-GMO sure, still. But generally speaking, there still most is going to probably some, be some residual yeah. pesticides anyway that maybe aren't cleansed out. Probably 27 plus processing steps to get to that pro- powdered product. And 
the grade B robust maple that I used, which had, you know, there's five grams of carbs per teaspoon. So a tablespoon and a half yielded probably 22 grams of carbs for an entire cake that had 12 slices. So about not even two grams of carb contribution per slice. And we actually know that with something like maple, it was tapped from a tree. It was unfiltered. Literally nothing was done to it. It was not non-adulterated. And it actually has things like phosphorus, manganese. It has a lot of B, B vitamins. vitamins. Yep. Whereas we see with, of course, refined flours and refined sugars, they leach B vitamins from the body. So a nourishing sweetener can actually provide us nutrient density and be non-processed and be a whole food. Um, so I made those adaptations and then I did a chocolate ganache frosting with just a, uh, I used actually a, a Theo's chocolate bar. So it's soy free, dark cacao and um, coconut cream. And that's all we put in the frosting. It looked amazing. It was really good. And the coconut cream in the yep. fridge set. So it had like oh, a yeah. really nice, um, not iridescence, but like a nice shimmer. shimmer. Yeah. It yep. was really pretty. It looked awesome. And what was the review kind of across the board? I know you served it to Stella, Stella first. And yep. then she your mom it. was in town. So like people who are she not necessarily big, keto. big, big yeah. chocolate bite. Yeah. <laughs> and it was... And Sweet enough for Brady. And, yeah. Yep. I mean, Stella's never had, Brady has not had high sugar anything. Sure. He did try a product here and was like, what was up with that? And I was like, that's <laughs> what a non-caloric sweetener tastes like. You've My never had that. My husband loved it. So <laughs> I don't Poor know what Byron. kind of palate readjustments we need to do, but. That's so funny. Um, on cue, right? Yep. So he just funny. he just popped in he and is photographing pictures. us. Um, so let's talk about beyond the maple syrup. What are some of our other favorite or your other favorite real food sweeteners. Yes, because, you know, sweet is in our palate and it's something that we should be able to work with. But again, when we're redefining our relationship with food, we can use natural therapeutic contributors. Mm -hmm. So my favorite other ones, so I like robust or grade B maple. I also really like raw and filtered honey. The benefits of that, you're getting a lot of B vitamins. In fact, B pollen is very nutritionally dense. Great thing to add to protein shakes and such. But raw and filtered honey has the antigen from the pollen in your regional area. So you're going to actually be able to get support for seasonal allergies, sure. which is fantastic. Immune support. It can help to work as an expectorant to break up phlegm. Yep. Um, so beautiful sweetener there. I also like sucanat as a granulated sweetener. My favorite granulated or dry sweeteners are sucanat, which stands for sugar cane natural. It's basically just dehydrated cane, which still has the molasses intact. And molasses is where you actually get nutrients from cane. So brown sugar mm. is not sucanat, yep. to be clear. <laughs> brown sugar is refined white sugar, which just adds a little bit of that pigmentation. Sucanat is non-refined, where they are like 12 steps prior to a processed cane sugar. Um, so that's a really great one that still has those nutrients as well. And then dried date sugar yep. or dates as a whole food, I really like to use those. Um, and again, the amount I'm using in keto is so minimal because I don't need it. Um, so I never use any sweetener in a shake. I use just full fat coconut milk and that cuts the, the grassiness of matcha for me. Um, it cuts the bitterness of my coffee. All I need is my coconut oil, my butter, and a pinch of salt, and yep. that's amazing yep. flavor profile. Or cacao butter if I want to be fun for the, the weekend. Um, let's see, did I miss any, Becky? I love coconut sugar. Um, just for that dry really option. nice, nutty kind of yes. flavor, really caramelized taste, I yep, guess or I would coconut call it. nectar yeah, yeah, yeah. is another good yep. liquid option. Yep. 
And then um, blackstrap molasses mm-hmm. would be the other one. And that's a really good mineral rich, good for zinc and good for iron as sure. well. Sure. And we would say no on agave for sure. And I think yeah. we've hit that home with clients, but I still get people asking I do too. all the time. So we might as well really quick sure. <laughs> throw it so under the bus. Agave <laughs> was given, you know, a big push in the late nineties as the best diabetic sweetener <laughs> because it, it has inulin, um, yep. which is a prebiotic fiber. Um, and so that's somewhat non-digestible, so it passes through the body. But agave is 100% fructose, and fructose is a hepatotoxin or a liver toxin. So that actually can drive fatty liver, which then not to mention, of course, why we hate fructose, any crystallized fruit sugar, or um, which is used in a lot of natural products that might not be low carb, but like a lot of kids' products or adult products. Oh, well, we use concentrated grape juice that's still going to be 100% fructose. So really watch out for that in labeling. And then we also, of course, are not fans of high fructose corn syrup or just straight up table sugar, which we're going to deal with all of the same right, drama. Which the corn syrup can now be just put on your label as, as just straight up sugar, which is yep. so deceptive and disgusting. Yeah. And it's a scary world out there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tread lightly. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so let's Talk about some ways and um, some tools that we can give to listeners on how to really break up with sugar for good, how to break that chain or that vicious cookie cycle and yeah. get out of the craving for sweet in the in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, the reason why a lot of us go for sugar is either we're fatigued, we're low energy and we need to pick me up. And so this could be because we're malnourished. So we would definitely want to consider a good quality B complex that has methylated B vitamins in it, um, like the B complex that we have through Naturally Nourished. A multivitamin in general is a great thing to go for if you're dealing with perpetuating sugar cravings because it could be a mineral imbalance or a B vitamin imbalance. And so a good quality multivitamin might be a nice place to start as well. So deficiency can be a reason and fatigue can be a result of that deficiency. Another reason is stress. So we often comment that, you know, the word stress spelled backwards is the word dessert. And when we're stressed, we do dump sugar from our liver. In fact, we just taught our third class of my virtual food as medicine ketosis program. And we talked about how even if you're in tight keto control with diet, cortisol as a stress-related hormone from your adrenals and your liver has the ability through gluconeogenesis to dump sugar in response of fight or flight stress mode. So stress does dump sugar into your bloodstream, which causes a drop in your blood sugar, which then creates the desire or need to have sweetened foods to get that pick-me-up from that insulin dip. Um, and so regulating your stress, so potentially considering like an adapt, our adaptogen boost formula, if you're dealing with and you know you're going through a divorce or you have a big job change, you might want to work with a functional practitioner to run your cortisol levels because you might need to bring in a more aggressive formula to help to modulate and address that, especially if that's paired with things like insomnia sure. or other like tremors or stress response um, in the body. And then tools that we consider as well is if you have dysbiosis or yeast overgrowth, often that's like an out-of-body mm-hmm. sugar craving. Um, if you have yeast overgrowth, you're probably also dealing with some form of a dermatological condition. You're probably dealing with bloating or distension and um, or thrush or yeast that's visible in the body. And I would highly recommend doing our Beat the Bloat six-week cleanse to actually plow the fields of your gut bugs and then repollinate with a good quality probiotic, which is going to help to curb cravings because when you have the good gut bacteria working for you, 
you, you're going to be making more serotonin and GABA, which means you're feeling mellow and stable and not in that high stress response mode. And that's also going to optimize your dopamine. And dopamine is that other reward seeker and craving. So another tool you could consider if you're dealing with, maybe the six-week cleanse is overwhelming mm -hmm. at this moment, but if you're dealing with any of that GI stuff, I think the candida cleanse is a necessity. Um, otherwise, a kind of short-acting tool would be our GABA Calm because um, that really helps with impulse control. I call it the white knuckle effect from stress response, things like rush hour, public speaking. GABA is a neuroinhibitory or a mellow router compound, and that can really help to work with sugar cravings for sure. Sure, and then what about um, our GI lining powder? So I know you use that a lot with clients yeah. for acute sugar cravings as yes. well. Yes, there's been a lot of research studies done on low glutamine levels. So glutamine is also depleted with stress, and glutamine is the fuel source and building block for our enterocytes or our gut cells. So they actually help to manufacture our gut lining. So if you're someone that's dealing with leaky gut, autoimmune activity, food sensitivities, you would be definitely wanting to take our GI lining powder to kind of coat and soothe the gut lining, or if you're dealing with gastritis or heartburn. However, even just for sugar cravings, there's been a lot of studies in um, alcohol and drug addictive mm -hmm. centers where they use L-glutamine sublingually. They take a teaspoon under the tongue. You want to go for about three grams, which is one scoop of our GI lining powder. And under the tongue, it actually has the ability to support GABA in the brain, which helps with that mellow out, and then replete your glutamine, which helps with stress-induced fatigue and cravings. Sure, and that tastes naturally sweet to some people. Some people say yeah, it Yeah, RGI like, lining yeah. powder does yep. have um, diglycerized licorice yep. root, so that anise in there does give that, that sweet flavor. A lot of people like really enjoy it because yep. of that reason. Yep. They either love it or hate it, but yes. it's a good, good tool if that's something that oh, we're dealing no with. Oh, no one hates yeah. it. <laughs> no one hates it. Um, and then the last thing to bring up would be, of course, our keto program. So if you haven't, sure. if you've either been doing a keto diet and you're hitting roadblocks, or if you've been hearing us talk about keto and you're just eating lower carb and you want to really get deeper into the rabbit hole, if you will, our virtual food as medicine keto program takes things beyond macros. So we don't just tell you how much protein, carbs, and fat you need. We actually teach you about how to use food as medicine. So we make therapeutic goals like getting two to three cups of greens every day and empower you with why that's important. We talk to you about this HPA stress access and about components like leaky gut and what detox does to your body and hormones. And so we take things to the next level as functional practitioners using keto as a tool to modulate and drive outcomes with balancing hormones, balancing neurological health and immune function. And I think that's one of the biggest, when we survey our participants at the end, that's one of the biggest, even if there hasn't been weight loss or that much of a change in body composition or if that's not what they were looking for, I think that redefining that relationship and just breaking up with sugar is yes. probably the biggest feedback that we yep. get. Yeah, uh, that it's changed and, their palate. And the feeling like themselves again, yep. balancing their brain and body. And I will say, most people, we just finished, like I said, the third class. Next group starts August 7th. Yes. So mark your calendars and you can sign up today still for that. And um, most people do see by the third class we had, I think the average was eight to 12 pounds of weight loss. Yep. So we definitely do see oh, yeah. weight loss. We used to call it a weight loss program, but we see so much beyond the scale that we like to kind of move away from that quantitative and get more into a qualitative vision of outcomes. Sure. All right, so let's wrap it up talking about some of our favorite keto treats and yes. go-tos. So we shared our 
uh, almond butter chocolate trick. Yeah. What else? What else do you go for, Allie, when you're you need a little? Well, mine bar none, and I yep. make it like twice a <laughs> yep. month. Is my cacao peanut butter gelatin? Yes. It is the <laughs> bomb. Um, so the recipe is a can of full fat coconut milk, and I like to use the brands that don't have any guar gum or stabilizers. Again, we're eating whole foods, so this is just coconut and water and um, the brand I've been using is endangered forests or native forest native excuse forest. me they're simple um, so that's simple the one. Mm-hmm. yep and then Trader Joe's I heard is that the one yeah Trader Joe's also doesn't have any stabilizers just straight up coconut yep. and water cool so a can of full fat coconut milk and then it is a scoop of gelatin it is a quarter cup of cacao powder and a eighth cup of peanut butter or almond butter and then vanilla extract. And you blend it in the blender, you let it sit for a minute to kind of bloom, allow that gelatin to um, activate with the liquid. And then you blend it on high for a minute, you let it sit for five minutes, excuse me, and then you run the blender for a minute straight, pour it into four ramekins and it is like a dream of like a chocolate peanut butter pudding. Yeah, it's amazing. The mouthfeel is really, really good. Yeah, and, it's and pillowy. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, and then I'm also thinking that um, peanut butter fudge that we have on the blog. It's peanut butter, full fat cream cheese, MCT vanilla, oil. MCT or coconut. One of the two. Yeah, both. <laughs> yeah. I think it has both yep. in there. Yep. Um, Fantastic. And, yeah, so, so good. And you can cut that into chunks, sprinkle some coarse salt on it. A dream. <laughs> and pretty much any of our fat bombs, which yep. also unique, don't use any of these non-caloric right. sweeteners. So we have a really great lime in the coconut one, which uses the lime zest, coconut oil, and coconut butter as a combination. Sure. And then our pumpkin uh, fat bombs, which we roll in pecans and use cream cheese mm-hmm. and pumpkin puree and pumpkin pie spice. Awesome. So good. So just using vanilla, cinnamon, nuts, we get that sweet flavor. Yes. For sure. And, you know, again, it's, it's, I think re, well, as we redefine our relationship and break out of that dogma, like the pumpkin fat bombs, right. it's still a fat bomb. Right. You're getting less than a teaspoon of pumpkin in your serving. And so it doesn't mean that it's a non-food. And that's something when we talked to Allison Gannett um, on our podcast, I think 20 plus episodes ago, when I met her last year at KetoCon, I really fell in love with, and I know Leanne Vogel is on that same train of like the, let's get back to real food. Sure. Let's stop tricking the body. And I hope that that's the emphasis of today's episode is you've come this far on this journey. Now let's keep redefining our relationship with food. Let's keep breaking up with sugar and not replace Bill with Ted. (laughs) Let's create a whole new relationship with what is nourishment? What is a food? And what is a food-like product? And what is a chemical shitstorm? There's a gradient there. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a really good place to just, Allie could mic drop, but we won't, <laughs> we won't mess with these fancy mics that we're using today. But I think that's a really good place to close out today's episode with as, the chemical shitstorm. <laughs> yes. And as always, we love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for the recent updates and feedback we've gotten on iTunes reviews. That totally helps us. We just got listed in new and noteworthy on iTunes. Yay! So super stoked about that that um, so if you can leave us a five-star review a sentence or two of feedback we love hearing that you're loving what we're putting out and um, tune in next week we'll be bringing you all sorts of good new stuff thank you for listening to the naturally nourished podcast visit our blog at allymillerrd.com for recipes wellness tips and food as medicine meal plans connect with Allie and becky at allymillerrd on instagram twitter and facebook Until next time, stay nourished and be well.